You're listening to Galaxy of Film. Back to the brain ups of Galaxy of Film. I'm, of course, your host, Max, joined with my slightly shorter co host, Danilo. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Been better, been worse, but right now I'm just chilling here in the beast. Absolutely, bro. You know, man, looking back on it when I was thinking, um, coming home today from Fayetteville, yeah. um, you know, it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute, dude. I haven't had you as my co host as a few weeks, but looking back on it. Yeah. It has, man. It has. I don't, I don't even know he's that, dude. I was <laughs> Real sick reunion, buddy. Real sick reunion. <laughs> you know what you need to be right now, dude? You need to be back in the beast. Oh, shut up, dude. <laughs> no, remember the walk home, dude? Remember the walk home? Yeah. Yeah, barely. <laughs> yeah, man. We tried to go into Luhas at 1, 1.45 at night, dude, in the middle of fucking Saturday or Sunday morning. Jesus Christ. Only the best here at Galaxy of Film. Yeah. I have a car that doesn't have air conditioning. Oh. That's yep. that's wonderful. Oh, it's atrocious, dude. I want to kill myself. <laughs> hey, rest, <laughs> in, rest in peace to the Jetta, baby. Rest in peace to the Jetta. If you're out there, if it, if you're out there celebrating Thirsty Thursday, get the Jetta in your system. Yeah? Get the Jetta in your yeah. system? Get the Jetta in your just inhale exhaust, dude, and live your life to the fullest. Well, we're over here, you know, celebrating Thursday Thursday by taking a dip under the sea, talking about The Little Mermaid, the animated film from 89, and the new live-action remake this, uh, this week, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you we sound are. enthusiastic as hell. I am. I love The Little Mermaid. <laughs> it's one of my favorite... It's, dude, I'm serious. It's one of my favorite all-time classics. Yeah? Yeah, dude. I grew up with it. My, I have good memories with my sister watching it. Oh, I bet. I bet, too. Don't be sure to hear all my thoughts about The Little Mermaid. Oh, I can't wait to hear it, dude. Can't wait to hear it. Um, but since it's been a minute since we've recorded together, dude, it's been about a fucking month, actually, because we did Ewoks of Eric Walker. You know, I was co-hostless for that one. We had Dakari come back as co-host for Guardians. Last, yeah. Oh, was Afraid Dakari came on? Let's say, dude, not only that, but you killed it with Bo's Afraid of the new co-host as well, Jake. You know, the now that we have, in case you missed it, we've absorbed Mayhem Pictures. They are now a part of Galaxy of Film. Jake is with us now here at Galaxy of Film, thank God. So you two fucking, with Dakari, killed it for fucking Bo was afraid in the Truman Show. And then I followed that up with Alex, you know, our cinematographer, going on with director Uwe Boll, talking his films Postal and Blood Rain, which was a fucking great-ass episode, dude. So we've been killing it here lately. It's been a great-ass time. But, man... What what else has been going on in your life lately, bro? What's been new with you? Oh, nothing, dude. Nothing really. Just new car. Um, you know, having a blast here in the beast, dude. Just having a blast here in the beast, dude. Somehow I saw my job. So, oh, that's a, that's actually a great story, dude. Fuck Meyer. Meyer, fuck the Midwest chain of fucking the Midwest, dude. <laughs> Meyer's a piece of shit, dude. You can't call into work or whatever. Granted, I didn't even call in. So I'm really good with my job, dude. I'm really good at my job. Um, I have a blast at it, but we didn't show up to work last week. We took a big long weekend, like a, like two weeks ago, like eight day eight day weekend. I I had five days off, but I took the two days off before because I was like, eh, eight days I could take it. Mm-hmm. You know, I go back in next week and I go in there and I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm a silly goose when I'm at work, dude. They can't see me winning. They don't like to see me winning, dude. And I'm like, and the, our phone rings at the little Starbucks there, and I'm like. Yellow, this is Danilo at Starbucks. What can I do for you today and make your day better with possibly some coffee or a refresher? Hey, Danilo, this is boss's name. You need to come back here and sign out some papers because of your absences last week. I pushed them through. You just got to sign off on them. Thanks. And I said, oh, okay. I make my way back into the back room. Sign my sign it. It's just it all, all everything's just electronic signatures now at this point. You know, it's yeah, just like yeah. you. Yeah, it's all that bullshit. He's not there in his office, so when I leave though, he's there in his office. I'm like, hey, I got that done for you, man. No, no worries about it. You know, I'll, I'll see you around. And he's like, uh, actually, you know, come here for a second. I'm like, oh, well, want some one-on-one time with Pablo? Okay, man, what's what's going on? What's going on? And he's like, you know, you know what this means, doesn't you? Don't you? And I'm like, no, what's up, man? He's like, well, you're at level one. Level four is the best you can be at. And the next term after this is the next level after this is termination. 
I said, oh, didn't realize that, man. My bad. Wouldn't have had a smile on my fucking face for the last about, you know, 25 minutes. Um, But cool. Thanks for letting me know. And he's like, yeah, you can't miss work or be late for the next 90 days. Wow. Yeah, dude. I was like, whoa, homie, you got four employees. <laughs> and you're going to fire me. We're working. All of us are working over 40 hours a week. Two And two people are only full time. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> We're going downhill, baby. We're going downhill. Hey, part of the crew, part of the shit, man. Yeah, something like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, dude, that's fucked. That's absolutely fucked. Well, yeah. anyway, if you're out there and you're in Michigan, dude, try Bl- Blueberry Watermelon Breeze Pro. The only thing that keeps these lungs healthy. <laughs> Let's go Maybe ahead. Maybe sponsor us, dude. Imagine if that's the people who sponsor us. Every fucking, every fucking buddy we've asked, dude. That'd be, I'd be dead. Yeah, yeah, no Chili's, no Little Caesars, no fucking Galaxy Con. Real sick one of you guys, bunch of fucks. Well, no, we bitch. get Breeze, of all people. Yeah, it's only in Michigan, I guess. Yeah, I didn't know that. Breeze? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, you don't have Breezes on there. I don't, I don't vape, dude. I don't, I don't know. Oh, hey, hey, way to keep them lungs healthy, baby. Way to keep them lungs healthy. Hey, that's exactly right, bro. I'd just be killing them with that Sorrentino stuff. You know, we were getting weird a few weeks ago. Hey, allegedly. <laughs> That's exactly right, buddy. Only the best Sherry Galaxy of film. But you know what, dude? It's time we go ahead and sit down and talk some news. It's been a hot minute since we've done this, dude. And first up, hot fresh on the table from the day, we got an announcement from the director of the Flash film. You know, this is finally coming out in a few weeks. We'll be doing this live on YouTube discussing our thoughts on the film. However, Ezra Miller will officially not be recast uh, as The Flash if and when we get a sequel. What are your thoughts on this? (laughs) It's such a a joke of a franchise, dude. Hey, shout out to HBO, now Max. Hey, yo, guys, like that tweet, like that treat. (laughs) There's a picture of a Maximilian Wood out there. (laughs) God, Zaslav's made some good moves. This is not one of them. And neither was the HBO Max to Max some good move. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes, dude. I don't, like... Are they just banking on this movie not making any money? I don't know, man. This movie's gonna bring in money, in my opinion, dude. Like, they're gonna see it just for the controversy. They're gonna see it because of Keaton. They're gonna see it because maybe, you know, everyone's, like, is is, uh, bail back for a a cameo. Mm -hmm. You know, like, people are gonna go... Like, I feel like people are gonna come see this fucking movie. I do, too. So, like... It's just weird to me, but whatever. Hey, yo, I'm all I'm all four second chances, dude. I'm all four second chances, but I feel like this guy's had, had like ninety. Yeah, absolutely, dude. That's the issue we're dealing with here, because it's not like he just did one fucking thing or two things, bro. Yeah, like dude was they on the things. fucking run. Dude choke slammed a fan. Yeah, dude, I'll do that to you if you come up to me and you touch me, dude, and I'm big. I'll choke slam you. Not only that, bro, he publicly groomed someone bringing them to this event, too. Or, these, the, like, the Warner Brother premieres for the other DC oh, things. Gee whiz, dude. This guy's a clown. Like I said, like I said, greatest ending to this movie could be Michael Keaton turning into Batman himself. The Flash turning into Ezra Miller himself, dude. And the Batman is just like, you're arrested, son. <laughs> and just starts beating the crap out of him with some RKO moves and shit, dude. That is the best ending I can see of this movie. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Um, is the embargo up for this, by the way? I don't think so. Because my buddy saw an early screening of it. Oh? Yeah. Like, there were early screenings of it, like, a week or two ago. And they did, like, a whole event at, like, AMC or something. Or, like, private theaters and everything. And I forgot to ask him, how it was, excuse me. Fuck you, Meyer. This is why I'm yawning. I'm the only thing that matters to me right now. <laughs> um. Anyway, though, dude. Yeah. So I guess there were some early reviews, but then there was also a leak out there, um, saying that not everyone's seen this full movie. For the people who have seen it, they haven't seen the final cut. They've seen a cut of the film, and it's almost its entirety, but they left out certain parts of it. So it makes me wonder. Bail. Yeah, maybe, dude. Jared. Could you imagine if they bring Jerry Leto back, dude? I'd be pissed. You know what I think it is, though, dude? 
And this isn't a spoiler. I haven't seen anything, so don't be pissed know, at me no, if it's it. if it's real for our listeners. You know, no, no, shoot, shoot, shoot your shot, baby. I'm really hoping it's Val Kilmer as Batman for the. That'd canon. be so lit. That'd be so lit, dude. That'd be so lit. Mm-hmm. Last summer was him and Matt and Top Gun Maverick. This summer, the Flash. Yeah. Well, might as well, lit, dude. dude. Might as well. He's a good guy, dude. I, I've always liked Val, dude. I've always liked Val ever since I saw him in Heat. Ever since I saw him in Tombstone. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't the biggest Val Kilmer Batman fan, but he's just me. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of his Batman either, or that movie in particular. But like, why not? Since we're having fun with this one, you know. And not no, only I, to mention, yeah. you know, Top Gun from last year, but the year previously they did that A24 documentary. Remember Val? Yeah, dude. I'm. I totally missed its physical release. I just didn't get one. It didn't even have like a real theatrical release either. I think just yeah. some art theaters got it. Damn. But yeah, yeah no, I'm excited for it, dude. You know what? Put whoever you want in this fucking movie. I don't really care at this point, dude. And that's unfortunate because Muschietti came off of two great fucking films with it. Yeah. That that's the real disappointment of this is that Muschietti came off two fantastic films with it. Say what you want about two. It was long. I understand it, dude. But it did what, like, fan service I got it. And, like, story-wise, it didn't, you know, it had to walk that fine line, so. Okay. That's interesting, Drew. I'm not a big fan on It Chapter 2 in particular. Um, yeah, it, if you watch the OG movie and read the books, like, it, you know, it does what it needs to do. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. We'll have to do an It thing one day, man, at some point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe. Why not? <laughs> maybe. But up next on the news, we got a trailer, dude. We got a new trailer for the Barbie movie. What are your thoughts on this one? I don't know, man. Like, it's interesting. It looks good. What will this be? My day? Will this be day one? A Thursday night preview instead of Oppenheimer? You damn well know it. Like, come on now. Let's be realistic here. But uh, I, I don't know. Like, it's just I don't know what this movie's about. We got kind of more of a plot saying how they're leaving Barbie, uh, Barbie, Barbie World or whatever. Mm. What I'm excited for is the sample of the Barbie theme song with the, with me being a Barb, Nicki Minaj, and Ice Spice, dude. I'll, I'll be getting lit to that starts playing in the theater, dude. Oh God, I'm turning up. Absolutely, dude. I agree on that one. I I can't wait for this, man. Um, with every little like sneak peek or trailer we get, or a poster, whatever it may be, a set photo, I become more and more excited for this piece. Um, we yeah. got that trailer or the teaser bit, you know, where they're doing the parody of like 2001: Space Odyssey and a couple other films for the beginning of it. Um, and this one we do get a small bit of a plot. It looks like. You know, I'm really curious to see how well this will be, like, implemented into the film. You know, how much it will be of Barbie and Ken leaving Barbie World and just just them kind of fitting in. More like a live-action yeah. Fat Albert style. Um, but this just looks fun regardless, man. And we have a good soundtrack, which is cool. An original yeah. soundtrack coming in with this, which I'm really pumped for. So, did absolutely. You see, did you know Will Ferrell was in this? I didn't. I didn't either until we saw him in the trailer. I'm like, oh my fucking god. What the H? <laughs> I'm like, it's Uncut Gems Part 2. Absolutely. But, yeah, Absolutely. I'm excited for it. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting experience for sure. 100%, man. Um, the last bit of news I have real quick, I know you are excited for, because we're going to be doing it later this summer, and I feel like a few weeks ago we talked about this film coming up too. We have another Insidious film coming out. You know, Insidious, I believe it's called Red Room, Red Door. Um, yeah. Red Door, excuse me. Um, I know you're really, really pumped for that because Patrick Wilson's directing this one. It's finally the return to this character in the series. We have an Insidious spinoff that's announced called Thread Insidious Tale. And Kumani, or Kumal, I think it's how you say his name. Excuse me if I'm mispronouncing this. The guy from Eternals, he's also in the Kenobi series. He's starring in this film. Um, now, you've watched all the other Insidious movies. I've only done the first one. You know, for yeah. our listeners who have been long time on the podcast, I'm sure you remember that episode. Go check it out if you haven't already, or don't, because it's not my favorite episode of all time. Um, but yeah, what is your thoughts about this spinoff being announced? Because I don't know too much about this universe compared to you. Yeah, I won't watch it, just because of Kumali, Kumanji, whatever his fucking name is. Um, not a fan of his work at all, so I won't watch it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no. If they if they literally casted anyone, dude. If they casted Ezra Miller, I would watch it over that guy. Dang, man. Yeah, yeah. What it probably is 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 someone going into the uh, other or whatever. If if what was the title of it called? Thread. Yeah, that, that's probably what it is. They probably go. He's probably, he's probably like the dot. The oh god, what's her name? Um, the old lady 
where they go into the beyond, the beyond or the further, the further. That's what it's called. Where they go into the further and they try to bring back people who have lost in there, or whatever. It's like the limbo in Insidious, kind of, but for the uh, for the bad guys, you know, and some good and some good guys get lost in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it's going to be on HBO Max? I didn't see an announcement about that. I think it's just a full okay. blown spinoff announcement. Okay, because I I didn't know, I didn't know if it was TV show or you know uh, film or whatever. I believe it's a film. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. Maybe. That'll be then. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I said that'll probably be Warner Brothers and uh, uh, and Insight in one of those fucking studios that always partners with them. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm really curious know. because this is a spinoff one, and because we have uh, Red Door coming out, you know, this summer. Um, I'm really curious if this will kind of be like uh, Evil Dead Rise, where it's an HBO Max or a now Max exclusive, but it gets that fan push to the- a theatrical release. You know. Oh, I didn't know Evil Dead Rise was supposed to be on Max only, and then I yeah. got the push. Yeah, I didn't know that. It made good money for it going to that dude. Absolutely, yeah. Evil Dead Rise and Blue Beetle were the two movies that were supposed to be Max yeah, originals yeah. that got a full theatrical release due to a fan push. Oh, good for fan, dude. I just love the theater. <laughs> but uh, did you guys talk about Kills of the Flower Moon last week when I was in here? No, we didn't get a chance to. I didn't watch that oh, trailer yet. You didn't? I wanted to go into a blind. Okay, dude. Well, all I'll say is it's another win, dude. It looks like a fucking epic, and I just can't wait. I just can't wait, dude. Okay. I'm so pumped. I'm just so pumped, dude. I don't I, know if it'll be. I don't know when his last movie's gonna be, but I know it's coming up. Okay, like, so you're in the same boat I'm in with Tarantino, the movie critic. No, because Tarantino's young. Tarantino's not gonna die in like the next two days. Where Scorsese's up in the age where, hey, tomorrow could be his last day. Oh, oh, you, Jesus Christ, I'm talk- dude! I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm talking about his last movie, especially with. With his OG cast of De Niro, Pacino, or Pesci, you know? Pesci's coming out of retirement for The Irishman. We probably won't see him again. Pacino is, I think, in another movie. I don't think it's a serious movie, though. And I think he's then in one more serious movie. Um, But yeah, and then he's working with De Niro again in this one. And DiCaprio. So yeah, and DiCaprio. And DiCaprio, yeah. He's working with his two, his two guys who he loves to work with, who always he gets the best performances out of. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I I'm thinking in that term, man, because you know that, that's a director I lo- I've always loved, and it just looks fantastic, and I can't wait for it. Apple TV original too, so you know Apple said fuck the money, fuck the budget, just give him however much he wants. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean it's Apple TV, so but yeah, I'm yeah. pumped for it. I know you were when we met Brendan Fraser last summer. You were even asking about this film too, because he's in it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, he is, dude. It's so it's. The trailer's so dope, dude. It's so dope. It's so dark. I didn't read the book. My buddy at work is reading it. He said it's fantastic. And it's just, it's based on a true story uh, as well. So, okay. It's a, it's a dark story as well. And I'm like, hey, I'm there for it. Let's see what Scorsese has up his arsenal maybe one last time. I feel you, man. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I had for news this week. Let's talk shows real quick. It's been a while since we've done this. Now, I know Ted Lasso ends tomorrow, correct? Yes, and I'm all caught up. Okay, so what are your thoughts this season? Because I know you're going to do an LFG discussing the whole series whenever we wrap it up in yeah. a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's it starts like every Ted Lasso season does. I don't know why it starts like this, but it just starts off slow, kind of finding its feet. Like they didn't have a season to go off of before. Like they just kind of want to start fresh every season, which they do. Like if you only want to watch season three, I, in my opinion, you can only watch season three. Okay. The emotional pulls won't make like some sense and they won't be as heavy hitting, mm. but they'll still be there, you know? Um, and that's the same with season two and season one, obviously season one, but it's really interesting how they do that because once I get to these later episodes, I just, I just caught up the other day and it was like six, seven, eight or nine. I think there are 11 this season. So six, seven, eight, nine or eight, nine, ten. I, I just watched or whatever last few days. These writers are writing are, are writing holy pages or something, dude. They're on some. They're just on some. They're on another level of getting you to feel something through their writing in the show, directing, cinematography, score, everything, dude. It is. It is one of the greatest shows of all time. It truly is. But it always starts kind of slow and kind of mellow and and just like choppy. Where one and then it gets its groove and then it just takes off. Mm-hmm. And it takes off, dude. It go, 
it's like go it's like going from zero to a hundred. It literally is. It's really okay. weird. It's a really weird vibe, but it works because you're always left with that good Ted Lasso feeling at the end. Mm-hmm. But no, it's fantastic. Um, characters are. It's they they're saying it's the last season. I don't know. I know that rumor came out that you know they're maybe looking at another one just because viewership is up and everything, and you know at money talks the end of the day. Um, but no, it, it seems like they're trying to wrap wrap everything up and you know and tell the story that they set out to tell. But they they may be rushing it just a tad. But it doesn't feel rushed unless you're like really looking for it, you know. Okay. But uh, no, it's for sure. It's it's a great show. It's a great show. So watch it. Catch up with it. Apple TV Plus. Absolutely, dude. It's still on my list. I'll get around to it now that it's finally ending. Got a couple other shows to finish too. Um, but speaking of, I just started a new show this week that I was—I've been very, very excited for to, to the release of it. Um, but I got a bit of a, like a delay to watching it, which really upset me, man. I've just been so busy with work, shooting the new short from Distinguish, which is now in post-production. Um, oh, hell yeah, buddy! You know, and doing a bunch of other stuff for Galaxy of Film. I've been so wrapped up. But the other day, I finally had a chance to start none other than Muppets Mayhem, the TV show all about the legendary Electric Mayhem dude, and I'm fucking loving this show so far. Oh, the scientist guy? No, dude, that's Dr. Honey doing Beaker. Oh, my bad, dude. The Electric Mayhem's the band, dude. Oh, yeah, that guy, that guy. Or those guys. Or those Muppets, as some people call them. Exactly. This is a great show. Um, you know, it plays really into the meta of, like, of the Muppets being, like, an actual, like, yeah. entertainment program, which I love yeah. that we still have that consistency. Um, for the past 40 plus years, this band has been a staple. You know, they were the people who did the opening theme and the music of the Muppets show in the 70s. They were in all the fucking movies, not only as characters, but playing music for the characters in movies performing nonstop. You know, and we've never gotten an album from these groups, from this group, excuse me, from these members. And this whole show is about them making their first album 40 years into their career, which is a really interesting take on this. Um, I'm loving it, man. There's some great cameos. I know Weird Al's in this. Kevin Smith is also in this show as well. Um, This this is so much fun so far. And I'm really glad to see that this kind of all dropped at once. Because I feel like, despite me being a massive Muppet fan... And for liking the weekly releases for like the Mandalorian and things like that, I think this show really would have suffered if it tried doing a weekly release. Um, it's a good binge for sure. I'm a couple episodes into it. Can't wait to finish it up. But man, I'm I'm impressed so far. And I'm really happy that it seems like fans are loving this as much as I am too. Because if I'm not mistaken, this is the best reviewed Muppet property since the Jason Seagal movie from like 2011. Hey, that movie is award-winning pal it's incredible am i a man or am i a muppet i think you're a muppet of a man a very muppet man it's a vainly anyway though dude speaking of trailers real quick (laughs) even though we weren't talking about that Mm. did you see that trailer for jennifer lawrence's new movie no hard feelings i I saw it for a a couple weeks ago or months ago i I think looks a lot of fun actually i'm so pumped i'm so happy she's back in the uh industry again Absolutely, dude. Especially in like a like a B movie like that too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Brings back good vibes. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But guys, I think we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. Go over our stream of the week, brought to you by Jake this week. We're also gonna go over our rating system. When we come back, we're gonna go ahead and start talking about the Little Mermaid, both the 1989 animated film and this year's live action remake. So we'll be right back, guys. Toodaloo. Oh, hi, Mark. I'm Jake, and I'm here popping my stream of the week cherry. With the launch of Max this past week, I decided to binge Smartless on the Road. If you're not familiar with the Smartless podcast, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes are three comedic actors, and each week one of them picks a guest that the other two don't know about and interview them. This docuseries takes you on the road with these three hilarious guys as they take their podcast to numerous states throughout the country. One thing I really liked about the series are some of the behind the curtain moments you get to see. For example, Jason brings on a professor from a college in Boston 
to a 9 p.m. show and the audience just isn't into it at all. Seeing them course correct the tour a bit after that guest flops was really interesting to me. And I think if you're interested in the behind the scenes process of podcasting, you'll really enjoy it too. Check out Smartless on the Road on Max streaming now. That about does it for me this week, guys. Make sure you stick around to hear what the guys have to say about The Little Mermaid, both the animated classic and the new live action version. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number 3. Like you did by the lake on the roof. Number 2. Set your course for the hot system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? All right, and we're back from our break and ready to talk about our two films this week, both of The Little Mermaids. However, before we go ahead and get started and Daniel gives us recap for these films, we have a guest joining us this week. I met this guy through one of the A24 groups on Facebook, which is a great, great community. If you guys aren't a part of it, I highly recommend joining. Link down below. We've got Henry joining us this week, and you have a really cool connection to these Little Mermaid films, actually. So how are you doing, man, first off? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So um, what he was going into with that, um, when I was three years old, there was another movie that came out around the same time called Anastasia. Mm. We all know it. Uh, so in their attempt to compete with that, Disney decided to re-release Little Mermaid that same weekend. And my family took me to see it. It was my first time in a the theater. And so seeing the new one the other day, that was essentially coming full circle. Nice, man. Nice. Um, God, man, I think the first movie I saw in theaters, or at least that I can remember, was... I th- think the Rugrats go wild. The Rugrats ooh, and ooh. Thornberries crossover. Yeah. You had the smell cards and everything. Like, Oh, I forgot about those, man. Oh, uh, yeah. That was the whole thing. <laughs> oh, shit. God, it's been way too long. The Rugrat <laughs> movies are incredible. Honestly. So good. We're going to do an episode on those at some point, Danilo. One of these days. <laughs> but let's go ahead, man. Um, before, as well, we, before we dive into talking these movies real quick, too. You also had a podcast previously, and you were, you know, had thoughts of bringing that back. Tell us about it, man. I did, yeah. So when the pandemic was getting started, I took the like the movie review format that I had previously done through just like my own personal blog, and turned it into Typical Hollywood, the podcast. Mm. It ran for about thirteen episodes or so before I just had way too much going on in my life. So I have been thinking about bringing it back but definitely changing the format though if it's just me that's gonna get really tiring <laughs> i feel you on that i feel you man that's cool though glad we got some you know podcast possible like revival coming to the show why not you know, gotta keep it living on for sure yeah um danilo man i want to go ahead and hear your recap on the little mermaid um let's get into the scuttlebutt yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> obviously these plots are very similar these are you know direct remakes of these are this is a direct remake of the original film so we'll be bouncing kind of back and forth between the two of them but first of all i want to kind of hear your recap of the live action one because this one's a bit more in depth than the original yeah man started off you know the same little mermaid being little mermaid dude has sisters i don't know i don't remember she had sisters in the, in the original three it's been a while since i saw that first one mm. but you know she had sisters in this one we see more of the whole world the there's more world building in this than the animated one because the animated one i think was like 90 minutes if yeah. I correctly and this is like two hours and 15 yeah, minutes away but yeah a lot more world world building when it came to what's the ocean called dude the ocean and <laughs> uh the prince the prince that is what it's called whatever. yeah the print the kingdom or whatever but yeah you know little mermaid doing her thing doing her thing she's getting a fight she goes she sees fireworks explosions she loves it all She's more in-depth. She's like, oh, my God, I really love this world. I wonder what's out there. She's like, let's go explore. Then Poseidon, Trident, no, who is it? What's yeah, Trident. Trident. Trident, Trident, yeah. For some reason, I thought Poseidon. But, yeah, Trident, like, well, you can't go up there. You know, they're bad people. And she's like, no, I, I speak for my people. I speak for my people, dude. I'm a fucking princess. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm in the game. I'm in the game. Trident's like, no, you're not. 
And she's like, actually, I am. Um, so then she goes, makes a deal with like, you know, the devil, basically Ursula. Nurso comes in, shot to Melissa McCarthy, dude. <laughs> Blown away how that one worked, but somehow it did, dude. But we'll get into it, but somehow it did. Dude. I was like, what in the world's going on? We're hitting a few, oh, by the way, we're hitting a few musical points. We're hitting a few musical points with these films, you know. Every, everyone's singing, everyone's dancing or swimming, whatever you want to call it. Under the wall. I don't know what the word, I was going to sing, dude, but it's okay. Anyway, though, dude, she she's like <laughs> fascinated with the human things. And also she can't go up there because, you know, the fucking mom or whatever was like, you know. Yeah, tough. Um. Anyway, though, dude, she gets she makes a deal with Ursula, and she's like, "Get up there!" And she goes up there, gets her sea legs, falls in love, meets the prince or whatever. They're having a good time, having a good time, having a good time. Or you know, she comes back down, and then the Neptune gets all upset, and then Ursula's like, "Well, I'll go up there." And then we get the whole big fucking big shebang or whatever. You know, we get Flounder and oh god, what's the guy? What's the other guy's name? Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian. Dude, they're in it too. Probably the worst thing about the movie on God, though, dude. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. They just look a bit weird, okay. dude. They just looked weird to me. Like, that was it, though. Like, you know, other than they played the part. Um, But, yeah, so that happens or whatever. And then we keep going on, dude. Big battle, like always, you know. It's, it's, it's a remake of The Little Mermaid. Dude, if you saw The Little Mermaid 1998, 1989, whatever, you pretty much saw this one, except for just a few more characters and a few more world building. And then the movie ended, you know? You're like, hey, shot to The Little Mermaid. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> More or less, man. Um, while we're at it, just for the hell of it, give me your fucking recap of the animated one too. Oh, yeah, dude. Animated one goes on and she's like, I'm a star. You're my mom my mom likes the ocean. I want the ocean. I collect forks. And Sebastian, they're like, What the hell are you doing, dude? Like they like they thought she was loony in that one, dude. Like they really thought she was loony or something in that one, dude. I feel a bit bad for you know, the writers were really making her not look too hot as a mermaid. Um, but then she gets the human legs again. She goes down to Ursula. She's like, I can, I'm a star. And she gets her human legs and she goes on the beach or whatever. And she falls in love with Prince uh, Charming or whatever. His Eric, friend. dude. Eric, yeah, Eric, Prince Eric, dude. Eric, whatever, falls in love. They're having a blast, having a blast. She gives up her, you know, she can sing, do all this whimsical. No, no, she can't. She can't. She's mute. My bad. She's mute this whole time, dude. She's mute this whole time when she gets that back up there. And when she gets back down, she can sing or whatever. And then, you know, they're making fun of her. She's collecting forks. She's playing with the hair with forks or whatever. Goes back down in the ocean. And he's like, you can't go up there. And she's like, no, I can't. No, I can. And then all of a sudden, dude, um, you're like, oh, God, dude, what's happening? Or what's happening, guys? What's happening? And then all of a sudden, it's uh, it's the same movie, same ending, dude. She, uh, Ursula's like, actually, he likes me instead. And you're like, whoa, Ursula, Ursula, you're like a grandma. How'd you do <laughs> a younger body? At least the other prince princess was like closer in age, I think, with the prince charming Eric or whatever. I don't know what the ages were in this thing. They just ah, whatever, dude. But yeah, she was like singing and dancing, dude. She was singing and dancing, and then she turned into the fucking like Kraken or whatever. And then Trident was like, I'm Trident, and then Trident's like, actually, I'm gonna die for my daughter. And then Trident doesn't die or whatever. And then he like somehow gets reincarnated into something, I'm pretty sure, doesn't he? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, and then she marries Prince Charming, and everyone's like, hey, see you, Ursula. <laughs> oh, and then she's like, I'm a mermaid, Eric. I'm a mermaid. I'm a mermaid, in case you didn't know. And then you're like, oh, wow. Wicked, dude. Wicked. <laughs> it was like the light. It was like if the lighthouse was a PG movie. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> what, a, what a recap, buddy. What a recap. Um, You know, Henry, obviously, you this was your first movie you saw in theaters. Um, and clearly the new one we all just saw in theaters last week. Um, so, Daniel, I'm really curious to hear, you know, when was the first time you watched the original Little Merman? Oh, fuck, dude. I don't even. It was like my sister was three or four, I think. I think four or five, maybe five or six. Um, she loved this fucking thing, dude. And it was the only way it, like, you know, she would have she would do whatever she does. And then Little Mermaid came on and we had the DVD or I think we had she had the BHS. Okay. I, I don't know which one. Or we had both yeah. of them, to be honest with you, dude, because she just loved this thing. She turned on all the time, dude, all the time. She didn't sing any of the songs. She just was, like, fascinated by the world that was created with The Little Mermaid for 90 minutes. And I was like, I'd much rather be watching this than The Wizard of Oz because those were her two films growing up. And I'm like, fuck these movies. But Little Mermaid beats Wizard of Oz, in my opinion. But uh, That's no, a I, weird combo. No, it, it for sure is, dude. But, no, I watched this. Like, this was on religiously at our house. Like, the way... The way Star Wars was on for me, Little Mermaid was on for her. So. Oh, I see, man. I see. 
I've seen this like multiple, multiple times, and it sticks. It just sticks in your head too because it's just so iconic. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I was of the age where I remember movies. Um, we're four years we're four years apart, so I was of the age where I'm like remembering what I'm watching at that age when she was little. So yeah, it was okay. So I remember watching it like just like that, just at home. Okay, gotcha, man. For me, I wasn't really like a Disney like animated movie kid growing up. Um, like this is the only dis this and I think Beauty and the Beast were the only Disney princess movies like I watched, period. Um, like still haven't watched all of Aladdin as an adult. Like I never was a huge Lion King fan either. Love Treasure Planet. Um, absolutely fucking adored Lilo and Stitch, but those those were my main ones, really. So like Little Mermaid, I really enjoyed the world because um, like I was exposed to it as like a really young kid for sure. But whenever the Pirates of the Caribbean films were coming out, I was super interested in like the ocean and what's going on at sea and whatnot. So Little Mermaid was the only like Disney princess film where at six or seven, I still watched. And upon rewatching this, man, I realized I probably haven't seen this since I was like 10 years old, despite still having all the songs stuck in my head. Um, Yeah, I don't I don't know. I remember there was a show as well that came out for this and a sequel. I never watched the sequel, but I remember bits of the show because I remember reruns for that would come on whenever I was watching the Lilo and Stitch show as well. Um, Henry, have you ever watched the sequel or the show? Um, I might have watched bits and pieces of the sequel. I know Mm -hmm. there was like one song in the series that showed up on like one of those Disney sing-along songs tapes that they used to do. Mm -hmm. That's the thing of it that i've seen the other thing that i'm also familiar with is the uh, the broadway musical version of the little mermaid from around 2008 or so Mm. that also obviously did a lot of expanding on that some of which is very similar to what we get in this new film but we can get to that when we get to that Okay, sweet man. I'm glad you have you know, you know another uh, medium you know trying to jump back and forth with as well. Yeah, the broad or the Broadway show. That's pretty cool. Um, so Neil, you know, obviously this is something you've watched, you know, more or less in the background religiously, like your sister was having it on, like you said. What are some standout moments for you in this in the, in the animated film first? Um, I don't know. Like it wasn't my favorite movie by any means at all. So. Uh, I did like though the battle at the end. You know, I was the guy growing up. Not that the girl, not that this, you know, my sister couldn't enjoy the battle as well. But the battle, like that, was the only thing that was like really cool. I thought the action was great um, when they did have that. I thought it was a cool twist um, as well. Um, you know, where then Ursula goes back and gets her um, feet or whatever and tries to steal Prince Eric from her or whatever. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was cool. But this this opened up, you know, it's funny you bring up Pirates of the Caribbean. This is what opened up, like, that fascination with, like, mermaids or sirens. Because then you read it in, like, when you get older in the Odyssey. And then you read it in, um, oh, God, what was that other thing? In the Pirates of the Caribbean. There's the one with the mermaid. Where that guy literally goes and live with, dies for the mermaid, dude. I forget what one that was. That was the fourth one. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. One of the bad ones, dude. Pirates of the Caribbean. Great trilogy. Um, but anyway, though, yeah, it was it, so it, there were standout moments just like that made made you go back and think like, oh, I wonder what the little memory was like, you know, what it really was like trying to say. Yeah, no, for real, man. Um, for me, like a big standout moment for me is Ariel's introduction where she's going through the the shipwreck with the shark kind of chase after her and flounder. Um, really remind me, especially at a young age of the char- the shark sequence from Nemo, actually. When Bruce is introduced and they kind of go through the submarine, I think it is, with all the the bombs in the field. Um, yeah, this was one of the first movies as a kid where it made me like pull back and remember other movies too, back and forth. Um, that's and I also as a kid too didn't have any Little Mermaid toys for whatever reason, but like I had like Finding Nemo figures, and I think I got from like a yard sale or something. But I had a flounder, and I'll never forget kind of like as like a fucking like four or five year old playing with flounder with nemo and uh marlin the the father and dory and whatnot too um so like those early moments where we get a kind of like flounder incorporated to like the musical elements like under the sea are really standout moments for me too just because of that character alone um and we'll get into like some of the character and their designs too with the live action one but i will always love the way flounder looks in the original for sure um henry what are some standout moments for you with the animated film okay it has been a minute since i watched it Mm. i don't think i had enough time between 
offered a spot and when we recorded this now to rewatch the entire thing. But I did get little glimpses of it in the meantime. And it did bring back a lot of memories there. Obviously, the music is incredible. Alan Howard did fantastic work with this. Um, it's hard to think of a song that is a particular favorite because they all work in their own way that makes sense for the film. Mm. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you, man. I know um, that. Yeah, I didn't have that big of an answer compared to you guys. So <laughs> you're good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, let's go ahead and talk if there's anything we dislike of this one, Danilo. Like, I understand this is a 90 minute movie. These are kind of like you know weird ones to talk about because these are Disney classics at that too. So when you look back on them, like you of course automatically think of the positiveness. You know, what makes this movie iconic? But are there any gripes you have with the animated film, Danilo? Yeah, I could have done without the singing, dude. I, like, it, like I was so happy when she went mute. I was like, thank God, dude. I'm not going to hear this girl just screaming and wailing about songs and everything when she got to the surface. I'm, what, dude? I'm serious. Bro. I was I, like a 12-year-old boy when my sister was watching this. Dude. I didn't even see Ariel just start belting out tunes and flounder and under the sea, dude. Under the sea. No, dude, no. I just... Like what? Like let me just watch some action movies, man. So that those are my recollections of, and those are things that I still like dislike to this day, man. Because it's always just that sour taste stuff. <laughs> like I want to see some action here, you know. But it's a classic, you know. It has classic songs. It has classic rides. It has classic everything. When does this even take place? What country? I I couldn't tell you what country, honestly. I don't oh, think oh yeah, I don't think they. Them. I don't think they specified. I think they want you to just come up with your own. Oh, okay. I think it's, yeah. I think it's something like that too, honestly. <laughs> no, but no, it was uh it was fine, dude. It was a decent movie. Animation was good for what it was back then. Like it still holds up, I think. I don't know. The dislikes just aren't there. Like that was it, dude. Like I'm just not a musical guy. I've never have been. There are very few musicals you'll see me ever praise and enjoy. And Little mm-hmm. Mermaid is not one of them. I feel you, man. I, I can definitely understand that. Musicals weren't or still really aren't something I'm super deep into. Um, Disney ones, like, I can acknowledge they're good, even though if I'm not, like, super, super, like, a, like deep into the fan of them. Like, I might not buy the album or, like, recognize a song or whatever, or, like, a obscure scene song. But, like, you know, the bops I'll always recognize, man. I'll always put on Under the Sea and, you know, want to listen to it when it comes on. You know, stuff like that always hits for sure. Um, but as far as gripes go, and this is kind of, I guess, more of a gripe when I'm comparing it to the live action film. Um, I really like the world building stuff we see in the live action film so much that I kind of think the two films very much complement each other. I really, really like the under the water and under the sea stuff in the animated film. But everything, you know, in the the village or the kingdom, whatever that area is called um where prince eric and his mom live like i don't really care for that segment of the animated movie it just feels very bland almost in certain parts but now watching the live action movie it's a total flip for me i really i thought some shots in the live action one just did not look so hot underwater or some of the cgi it looks very flat in certain bits um but i love love how that village looks and especially the whole kiss the or the the sequence where like Sebastian's trying to get Eric to kiss Ariel, where they're in the boat in the, like the little river area, yeah. that looks gorgeous in live action. But in animation, I think it still looks decent. But that is the only highlight of everything on land for me. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's really weird. Like it's it conflicts back and forth. But my biggest gripe for sure is the is the land stuff for the Little Mermaid animated film. Um, Henry, do you have any gripes with the animated film at all? Um, I would need to think about that because, again, it's been a minute. But I'm also trying to figure out, like, I'm also seeing where you guys are Mm. coming from with this. And I think this is why it's good that I'm here as the resident musical guy. (laughs) But but there's there's always something to think about there. Maybe I'll have, like, some extra gripes there if I end up rewatching the whole thing in the near future but i feel you i feel you man for the most part it's a classic yeah. you know like i feel like it is a good bit of these dis like the from 
like Jungle Book upwards, you know, the the Diamond Select, you know, those classic VHS films, any of those, it's almost hard to find like massive gripes about. You're nitpicking it more or less. Like a lot of these, you either just yeah. like them or you straight up don't. Um, and I like The Little Mermaid. I really do. And it's, it's just weird in comparison, I think. And that's the only reason I think I have that whole little issue. So I definitely feel you on that for sure. Um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the live action film. Um, Daniel, I know you and I, since we've been doing Galaxy Film for a while, we've been, you know, giving our tooth sense on this film as it keeps coming on further and further along the release, you know, trailers, posters, whatnot, casting announcements. Now it's finally here. What was your reaction walking out of the theater for this thing? Um, that I saw this movie when I was 12 years old and it added to it in ways that benefited that did benefit it just a 10, but it also just felt too long for me. Cause I didn't like, I didn't like 90 minutes when I was watching it when I was 12. I have that stigma, you know, when I'm the the age I am now, 10 years later where it's like, I I still just don't like the little mermaid. Dang. Like, no, it's, it's not a bad movie. You know, it's not like, Oh God, what was the awful remake they did? Uh, I forget. What, Lion King? No, because that was just shot for shot. So it wasn't like, if you either like the Lion King or don't, I never liked the Lion King. But they okay. did one of those remakes, which I just didn't like. And and I just didn't like it at all because I just thought it was pretty shit. But there's like, there's nothing that be bad. Like, nothing, there's nothing bashful about it. Do you mean Pinocchio? The one we just yeah. talked about a couple yeah, months ago? Yeah, 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 that one. Yep, yep. Okay. Like, there's nothing bashful <laughs> yeah. about it. Like, like, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing atrocious about this movie at all. Like, if you like The Little Mermaid growing up and you like, 1989's you know version of the little mermaid is a good eight out of ten chance you're gonna like this one yeah and i just wasn't the kid who was like little mermaid let's go you know i was kind of like the trailer didn't sell me when i um when we first saw i think what was it the super bowl yes the super bowl that was bad um it was a weird spot for it as well um Hmm. just an odd audience type to try and grip to go see the little mermaid but no, it, for me, it just wasn't, it just, I, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm just not the Little Mermaid guy. I was blown away by some of the like performances, you know, but and I can recognize talent and, you know, the effort that went into it. But, you know, I was just like, eh, felt like I Okay. Saw That's fair, man. That's fair. I got to be honest, why out of the theater for this one, man? Like, you know, a lot of these movies, uh, you know, with, with the Disney remakes, especially, we've talked about how much we, you know, aren't so much of fans of them. I was blown away by this. Got to be honest. Um, I was I was kind of shocked by how much I liked this one for sure. Um, I'd say I even like it more than the original, to be real with you. Like that extra half hour of world building and it being a bit more in depth and spending some more time with the characters, I actually really enjoyed. Um, I really thought Prince Eric was kind of flat in 2D, quite literally, you know, um, animation wise. But like as far as personality wise, he like there just wasn't enough there for him in the original for me. In comparison, like he he did the job. He you know he's the prince character. I believe he falls in love with Ariel and that's all he is in the original. And this one having a bit more time with them, a bit more conflict, seeing him, you know, in the background while he's on this date with Ariel that he's still like, Oh yeah, we're still going to look for the girl. I think saved me back and forth. I like all that. Seeing a bit of conflict from when we actually have Ursula on the land come in. And um, I was really impressed with uh, Hallie's performance for this um, as Ariel. I know everyone was, you know, Obviously, the elephant in the room, people were pissed about this initially. You know, a lot of, you know, unsavory comments were made because Ariel is a black woman in this film. Um, proved her, proved everyone the hell wrong about that. This girl can fucking sing for sure. Killed it. Absolutely. Gave a great performance. And this, honestly, dude, has me pumped for her next film, The Color Purple. Um, oh, I, I yeah. just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, was, that was the yeah. first trailer for when we for when I saw it. So that was yeah, it's already in your about that too. You know, like that way it puts it in your mind as well, which is nice. Um, I gotta admit though, man, I think the the biggest thing I was worried about with this film was Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, and mainly because she was fan cast. And we talked about this whenever we did Pinocchio a few months ago, Danilo. Tom Hanks's performance in Pinocchio, you know, it was cool to see him as that character that, you know, a lot of people have wanted him to play for so long. It didn't quite land. Unfortunately, I think that would have been a better role 
if we had perhaps hear him voice the character in the Del Toro Pinocchio instead of the Disney one. Um, but Melissa McCarthy as Ursula isn't something that I've had like a weird, like hopeful in the back of my mind. I was going to stick the landing and damn, I'm so happy it did. Um, we talked last year, two years ago, almost how much we missed Melissa McCarthy when she was in movies consistently. This makes me miss her even more, dude. Um, very, very happy that she looked great as Ursula. She sounded great and she was actually funny too. Um, Ursula's one of my favorite Disney villains. So this was really, really cool to see. Um, I love the colors coming up and down with like her tentacles for her whole singing bit when she's like first meeting with Ariel, trying to convince her to give up her voice for the scheme, basically. Um, you know, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula absolutely fucking killed it, in my opinion. Um, Henry, what are some of your thoughts on the performances and your, you know, initial reaction walking out of the theater for the live action one? Okay. Yeah. So when the movie finished for me, I was think I pretty much thought, okay, yeah, this isn't going to like fully replace the original, mm. but for what this is, I'm happy with it. Yeah. It, it may not be like an all time high for me as far as the Disney remakes go, but it is still up there. And okay. knowing how things looked originally, especially in the marketing materials, it could have been a lot worse because I know like everybody was complaining when like whenever you're in the ocean, like it's too dark, you can't see. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I thought it was incredibly vibrant. The color themes were handled really well. The fish were all very bright and colorful. You didn't miss anything there and it was great. And then like you get that one poster, um, I guess we'll get into the character designs soon enough, but people are fucking terrified by CG flounder. And honestly, I was fine with it. Mm. Like, like obviously it's not going to hold a candle to the adorableness of 2d flounder, but it does work better as like a more realistic fish in the context of this film. So you get all, so you get through all of those and then, and then you go through the performances with it as well. Obviously, you talked about this a moment ago, but Halle Bailey, oh my God, so good. Just blew me out of the water from the get-go. And <laughs> it's it's just it's I that is an unintentional pun that I made. But it was just it was just really great to see her. She fully inhabited everything that you want to see in that character, and she just handled that so well. It was so great watching her. Melissa McCarthy obviously was also great in this. Ursula consistently tends to be my favorite element of mm. The Little Mermaid, whether it's in the film or on stage or any other presentation of that. Whenever somebody is able to just have the time of their life in a villainous role like this, that just makes it a lot more fun to watch for me. Yeah. The fact that like they're really enjoying this. They're not just doing this because they have to, which Absolutely. Javier Bardem as Trident is definitely feeling. Thank you. Thank you. That was me. My next bit was gripes, dude. I cannot stand him as Trident. <laughs> oh, he looks like he has a gun to his head the whole movie. <laughs> I was talking about his performance. Yeah, I was talking about his performance with another friend of mine. And and I and I said to them, you know, Javier Bardem's version of Triton is basically just that actor questioning all of the career choices mm -hmm. that led to this performance. So about two-thirds of the way in the, into the film, he doesn't know where Ariel is. He drops the Trident and just says to himself, what have I done? And that is also Javier asking, what has he done to get here? Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, one other thing you mentioned real quick that I'm really curious to hear about, because um, you're a musical guy, so I imagine you've seen a bit more of these than Danilo and I have. Where does this rank for you as far as like the live action Disney remakes? Like not putting a number to it, but like in comparison to a couple other films. I would say it's probably in the higher percentile. Um, I need okay. to think about all of the other uh, remakes that I saw because I haven't seen all of them. Okay. But I was probably a bigger fan. Like, I think this is definitely higher up. I don't know 
which one I would position at the very top. Mm-hmm. But if but if Lomar at the top, probably either like two or three, which is still good for me. That's like okay, very nice, man. Hell yeah, very high ranking. I'm kind yeah. of this like in a similar boat as you, honestly. Um, I have not watched. I think maybe like half of these remakes. There's just so many of them too. Um, but like out of Lion King, Lady and the Tramp, Dumbo, Pinocchio, whatnot, this is my favorite one of the remakes I've seen so far. Um, I'm I'm really really just impressed by how much I like this film. Honestly, um, let's go ahead and talk like character designs. Like you mentioned a few seconds ago, I think it's a big elephant in the room as well. Obviously, we have Ariel, who's played by Halle Bailey, who is incredible, that you and I discussed. But we have Sebastian, who looks a bit different as well. Flounder looks completely different. Um, Danilo, what are some of your thoughts on some of the characters in this one? Like some favorite standout moments for characters and their designs, or certain characters you just couldn't stand in this film? Halle Berry. Um, yeah, she was cool. I liked her. Um, but no, the two fucking... Um, what is it called, dude? Those, those two guys... I, they're just weird looking dude it's like i don't know what the uh i forget what that disney show was but it was that dog that talked or whatever to the girl and the family and like the dog could talk to the family or whatever and it was on disney channel i forget what that show was called but that's what it reminded me of oh oh when it was when we were like in high school yeah 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 uh, uh dog of a blog yeah, dog with a blog, dude. That's what it reminded me of, bro. It reminded me of dog with a blog, and I'm like, God, dude, because I liked Flounder in the cartoon one. Like, he, he was he was cool. Like, he's he's an iconic character, and I liked uh, Sebastian, right? The crab mm-hmm. guy. He was yeah. Cool as well, and then I saw these guys. I'm like, yo, what the? I was like, what the H? What am I watching right now, dude? Um, but after after like 20 minutes in the movie, you're kind of like, eh, get over it. You know, like they're just they're fine. They're doing their part. Uh, but no, yeah, for sure, trying it, dude. He um. Uh, he was, it was like he was on death row when he signed a contract with Ursula or something so we could be in the movie. And I'm like, what's going on, man? Um, but yeah, just that. Uh, mainly where my biggest dislikes, like with like, character-wise, um, most of McCarthy killed, I thought. Like, you know, kind of blown away by that whole thing. Um, I don't know what I don't know what you were saying, dude, saying that out on the podcast, we said we wanted Melissa McCarthy in more movies. Never have we said that. Never yes, we did, dude. We were talking. Maybe you, uh, want, no, maybe you dude. want her in some more movies, dude. I don't want her. After I saw Happy Time Murderers, dude, which was a funny movie, I don't need to see her in anything anything more. Bro, that listen to our episode when we're talking Free Guy in the Nines, dude, that Ryan Reynolds movie. Was she in those? She's like the main woman in the Nines, remember? And he keeps going back and forth with the different oh, universes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, we want her in like something serious, dude. We didn't want her in. We didn't want him to be the boss again, bro. Selling Girl Scout cookies. Um, <laughs> anyway, though, nah, those are my probably my only gripes, really, dude. Like it was, I don't know, it was a fine movie. It was just, it's, I'm, I'm just not the Little Mermaid guy. I'm sorry. No, I feel you. That's fine, man. Like I said, you know, the Disney musicals aren't for everyone, or the Disney yeah. like animated films, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, as far as characters go, it's like if Holly... I could say a thing with the character designs. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, maybe it's messing up a little bit. But if I could say a thing with the character design, I think what makes them seem weird to people mm. is that, especially with the 2D versions, the animators do a lot to try and really make those characters expressive. They try to give those characters more like human emotions so you can see right on their faces exactly what they're thinking. With these remakes and this was true with the Lion King and it's true again here, they're opting for more realism as opposed to more expressiveness, which becomes an issue when the characters are supposed to be talking. Mm -hmm. I agree. Honestly, man, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think the, another thing that goes in with that too, like with it being a bit more realistic, you lose almost a bit of charm with them too, which is my main thing. Um, I think Hallie looks incredible as ariel sebastian like makes sense the way he looks i'm not like upset by him by any means yeah i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not yeah. discredit that <laughs> like they, they look good flounder's the one weird thing for me like i think flounder looks fine his model i just wish his colors were as vibrant as ariel's honestly because it's like if you have this nice you know there's this world where like everyone else is kind of transferring from 2d to live action and they're maintaining their color schemes 
it just seems a little out of place in comparison to the whole lineup. Like, I get it. The mono looks great. Just wish his scales were a bit of like a brighter color, honestly. But yeah, King Trident. Yeah, I can mess with that. King Trident was uh was certainly not it in this film, honestly. Danilo, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious, man, to hear your ratings for both uh versions of Little Mermaid. Okay, Little Mermaid number one, dude. I'll give a shout out to my sister on that. I'll give a shout out to my sister. It'll be a it'll be a bestman, dude. It'll be a bestman. No, it won't. It'll be a yeah, it's a bestman. It's a bestman. It's a bestman. I'll give I'll give her a shout out for that, dude. I'll give her a shout. It's a bestman. I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but I much prefer the 90-minute story over the two-hour and 15-minute story. I always will because I just think it works for the story that they tried to tell in that little setting. You know, I like the world building we did get in the 215. Just wasn't, you know, wasn't for me. Little Mermaid, not for me. But best been for uh, animated. Live action, I'm going to give it a boo. Um, Just knocking it down one. You know, not going to dog it. I think everyone did their job. I think everyone did their part. Minor grapes I had, you know, it just wasn't for me. But at the end of the day, it's still like a decent movie. It's still an enjoyable movie to watch. You know, I'm not I'm not like looking at my watch every two minutes like I was when I was watching that Pinocchio piece of crap, dude. Like trying <laughs> to jump in front of a catabus here at MSU. You know, like no man, like I I, I enjoy like I I'm happy I didn't waste I happy I'm I'm happy that when I walked out of the theater, I didn't feel like I wasted my time going to see this movie. Okay. That's fair, honestly, man. Yeah. And to be real with you, though, my, my rating is very similar. It's actually a bit flipped, though. Um, after watching both these versions, I really do like the live action version a bit more. Um, maybe, you know, a couple years down the line, whenever I give them a rewatch, you know, or maybe show to my kids or my niece and nephew, who knows? Um, you know, I'll, my opinion will change. Who knows? But right now in this moment, I'm giving the animated version of the Boo and the live action version of Bespin. Um, really liked the world building, really liked the village and the visuals and the colors. The colors were so impressive for the live action one. Um, yeah, man, I, I was impressed. I'm really happy that Disney stuck the landing on this one because I feel like after the Pinocchio situation, that and didn't they just drop another live action remake on, on Disney Plus for Wendy or for uh, Peter Pan? Yeah, yeah, Wendy. yeah, they did the Peter Pan one. Yep. They did the Peter Pan one. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, David Lowry. I'm going to trust him for when I do see mm-hmm. it. So. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm glad they stuck the landing on this one for sure. Um, it makes me want to watch the Peter Pan one now. You know, that now that I've seen yeah. that this one has, you know, some love and passion put into it for sure. But Henry, what would you rate both of these movies? Uh, one out of five, you know. Okay. Um, well, if you check my letterbox, um, I gave the live action one about a three and a half, okay. I'd say. You know, like it's not without its flaws, but it's still, I still had a good time with it. Mm. The 2D Little Mermaid, it's honestly not fresh enough in my mind to give it a full rating okay. at the moment. That obviously that's going to change once I <laughs> finish the rewatch. But mm. I feel you. But, but, you know, it's a classic. There's always something to love with it. Absolutely, man. There's a lot of things to love about these Disney movies, you know? And that's an important thing about it, too, I think. Like, these i think the little mermaid remake situation is definitely an example of you know you can take these classic disney films that everyone loves and cares about and instead of it just being a definite shot for shot remake like the lion king we can go ahead and expand upon it a bit and add some world building elements to make it a treat that if you already like the original this is something with an extra add on for you too for sure um yeah man I think that wraps up for Little Mermaid, Danilo. I think so as well, man. I think so as well. As they say out here in Beast Lansing, under the sea, baby. Under the sea. That's exactly right, baby. That's exactly right. Under the sea. And speaking of, Henry, where can our listeners find you outside of the sea, man? Okay. Yeah. Well, my um, my socials pretty much everywhere are at I am Henry Gessner. That's uh, G-E-S-S-N-E-R. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that'll get put in the show notes or wherever. Absolutely. Uh, my letterbox is just my name. The podcast that I used to do is typical Hollywood, the podcast exclamation point. Okay. Uh, that's important. Um, yeah. Hopefully that gets brought back in like, it'll probably be something similar to this, but mm. I look forward to the day whenever that is, that that happens. <laughs> 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And of course, like you mentioned for our listeners, links down below, of course, you can go ahead and follow Henry. And also speaking of following, while you're down there in the show notes, giving Henry a follow in his podcast as well. That way when he comes back, you guys can already be prepared for this, you know, get that download and stream, go ahead and get ready for you guys. But you know what? While you're at it, go ahead and make sure to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, all at Galaxy of Film. Uh, we just released last week's episode with our guest star, Uwe Boll, the director, talking about his films Postal and Blood Rain. We just did a YouTube video version as well. You can find link down below, a great interview. We had Alex Reams, our cinematographer, come on for that piece, which was a hell of a great time. Uh, we also got Dakari's video, which you guys are seeming to love, from the hidden closet of the Shaw Brothers. Link down below to that, too. Next week, guys, also on the YouTube channel, we are talking Spider-Verse. And Danilo, I know you're pumped for that movie. Well, we'll be talking about Metro's album along with that whole thing, dude. We're going to have a blast with that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Speaking of having a blast, guys, we're getting ready to blast the hell out of here. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave us an iTunes and Spotify review. It truly does help with the show much more than you can imagine. And we will talk to you guys next week on YouTube live for Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse. So stay tuned. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Dude, I felt like Ariel when I was hitting my breeze. It had some sand in it from yesterday. <laughs> you know when she smoked that or whatever? <laughs>